This is the Fertility Hour, where couples learn how to improve their fertility naturally. Join Charlene Lincoln as she interviews leading experts in the fields of natural fertility, holistic medicine, and preconception care. Fertility Hour is where you'll find evidence-based strategies, tips, and resources to help you when trying to conceive. And now, here's Charlene Lincoln. Welcome back to another episode of the Fertility Hour. And um, before I forget, um, fertilityhour.com is our website. If you go there, it'll say free report. I highly encourage you to um, to download the free report if you have not already. It's um, Restore Your Fertility and Get Pregnant Naturally. Dr. Eva Keen, my podcast partner, um, who is brilliant. She wrote the report. It's a 39-page free report. It's um, amazing information. I highly encourage that. And so um, today, I'm pretty excited. I feel like the future is now. We're in a futuristic time, and it's it's to our benefit. And as much as sometimes I feel like um, technology, is it is it good? Is it bad? Well, in some cases, it's pretty amazing in how it can benefit our lives. And I think um, in, in this case scenario, it, it speaks so true of um, this woman and this company. So let me go ahead and introduce her. Uh, Michelle Perugini, did I pronounce that correctly? Perugini. Perugini, thank you. <laughs> Good enough. Has a PhD in medicine, spent the first 10 years of her career as a scientist in stem cell biology and cancer research. She founded her first business 10 years ago using artificial intelligence for, predict, for predicting human behavior. ISD was acquired by Ernst and Young in 2015. She's now co-founder and managing director of Presagen and Life Whisperer. Presagen is an artificial intelligence platform that specializes in image-based medical diagnostics. Life Whisperer uses AI and computer vision to better select healthy embryos during the IVF process. In addition to running two businesses, Michelle is also a dedicated mentor and advisory board member for many startups. And a mom, right? And a mum, <laughs> and a mum to two. Oh, nice. Wow. Okay. Well, then that's a busy, that's a very busy life. And you're a co-founder with, is it your husband? Because you're sharing the same last name or it could be your brother. Correct. Correct. Your so um, in Life Whisperer, Don Perigini is my husband and also my co-founder. So wow. we've worked together for many years. And um, also Jonathan Hall, who's a, um, a PhD in, in physics and, and computer vision. Wow, that's great. So, um, you know, I was saying to you uh, before this interview, I mean, the more that I've been reading about Life Whisperer, I'm, I don't know, I'm really fascinated. And I think, as I said, um, this software has the potential to, I don't know, I guess, turn the IVF industry on its head. I don't know what the better term is, but I mean, you know, IVF sort of has, you know, uh, low success rates in general. What, what is the average success rate of, of IVF at this point? And so, and then you can introduce um, the software and how it came to be and, mm. and what it can do to help this industry and, and, and help individuals. I mean, that's kind of the, what you were talking about is the, the, the real goal of this. Yeah, absolutely. 
absolutely. I mean, the success rates are very low um, in IVF and it depends who you talk to. It depends on on the clinics you talk to and how mm-hmm. they report on the data. But really, you're talking about sort of 20 to 30% success rates and that's that's very low. And in some age categories, it's far lower than that. So I think there's a huge opportunity in this industry to improve outcomes for patients and that's a real passion of ours and it's something that we've kind of set out to achieve and we've got the technology that can potentially help do that for patients um, and we're really excited about that so what we're what we're actually doing at Life Whisperer is using artificial intelligence and I can talk a little bit about that in a non-technical way yeah please because I think whenever you talk about things like artificial intelligence, everyone gets scared and thinks, you know, um, thinks it's this kind of black box type approach to, um, to solving these problems, but it's actually quite powerful in areas like imaging and um, medical diagnostics. And I think it really has the potential to kind of change outcomes for patients. So in Life Whisperer, the high level goal is to improve IVF outcomes by helping doctors to pick the best embryo to transfer during the IVF process. So currently that process is done manually, largely manually by a clinician or an embryologist looking down a microscope and making a visual assessment of a patient's embryos. Mm -hmm. And it's very hard for them to pick which embryo they think will likely succeed in that process. Um, And what we're doing is using computer vision and we've developed an AI-based software that can better assess what a healthy embryo looks like or what a poor embryo looks like to inform their decision, if you like. And the way it works is essentially we've got a very large data set of embryo images that the model gets trained on and then it knows whether those embryos have resulted in a positive or a negative pregnancy Um, And then the computer essentially learns or the software essentially learns from that very large history um, and is can be predictive in terms of then understanding for a new embryo image that it sees whether it's looks more like a good one or more like a bad one. So that's that's the premise of what we're doing. I was reading on your website and I forgot the exact numbers, but you um, they were comparing like in a a human looking at embryos and detecting the viability of that compared to the software. And what, what were the numbers in comparing yeah. the, the two? Yeah. So we did a, we did a patient study in Australia of nearly 600 patients. It was 598 patients. And we showed that our software was 30% more accurate in terms of identifying embryo viability than, than well leading embryologists. These are not untrained embryologists. These mm-hmm. are world leading embryologists. And that's no disrespect to the embryologists mm-hmm. because they do an amazing job and they're actually just limited by what their eyes can see down a microscope. Computers and this type of technology are able to see much finer details that are potentially not even visible to the human eye and very complex patterns within the embryo image that a computer can extract that information where we can't as humans. So it's fundamentally providing additional information to the clinicians to better make that decision, if you like. 30% is, I mean, an extremely significant number. And um, what, so, so in that 30%, okay, so say com- compared to an em- embryologist and then the software, were you, 
were they was the software finding more viable embryo than the than the human eye could um or so so what it does is it just better it just better classifies them so okay assuming assuming a patient has five embryos to choose from at day five in their in their sort of embryo culture um the embryologist will then look at those five embryos and they will give each of them a score. Mm-hmm. That's quite a subjective process at the moment and it's very difficult for embryologists to see what a, um, what a good embryo and what a poor embryo look like. So it's, um, it's really based on just a very few simple measures. But what happens is with our software, we're able to better classify and get it right more of the time when the software says this is a good one then more of the times 30 percent more often it gets that right and when it says this is a bad one uh-huh. you shouldn't use it um 30 more often it gets that that assessment right so it's about classifying them better and giving more information about um more surety around the health of that embryo that's amazing. Um, as you can see, I have a little visitor. Hold on one second. And I'm, I'm so sorry about that. Hold on one second. Okay. So how did, how did it come to be, how did the software come to be like, you know, the, the, you and your husband are talking well, what if we could yeah. do something to help these couples or, I mean, what was the process? Yeah. Uh, it's a really interesting story, actually, because it kind of happened by chance. So my background, obviously, in stem cell biology, I really have a passion for health and improving health, um, as well as kind of research and, um, you know, using research outcomes. Really, really passionate about that. Um, after we sold our first business, we kind of left left that organisation after a year. And I think having been part of a large corporation, it kind of reaffirmed our passion for that deep technology and understanding kind of how the body works and trying to apply our very technical backgrounds to solve real world problems. That's what we really enjoy doing. Um, And at the time I was mentoring through an Australian commercialization program Mm -hmm. and one of the mentees or one of the students that was part of that program was Jonathan Hall. And he had been working on computer vision techniques. They had been looking at fertility Um, problems and trying to identify how you pick a better embryo but using things like you know shining different lights on the embryos and other more invasive processes and he thought there must be a way to do this in a non-invasive way to the embryo so that you're not touching the embryo you're not impacting how it grows you're just basically assessing the embryo in its normal course of growth and um, helping make that assessment. And so I was, as soon as I met him and I heard the concept, I was really drawn, drawn to it. And I think one of the important things with the type of business that we're running is you need such a multidisciplinary skill set. You need the medical side. You need to be able to understand the embryology. You need computer vision. So you need to understand how to apply these types of techniques to identify information out of the images. And you also need very strong AI expertise, which, Mm -hmm. and we, we just happen to have all of those three things, um, as well as the passion for the, for the actual project. And I think the, the, 
thing that personally drew me to this is that I had a lot of trouble conceiving my first child. Um, right. I now thankfully have two, which is wonderful. Um, but I did have a lot of trouble conceiving my first child and I know what the sort of the expectation and the disappointment that comes with that whole process. Yes. And I think anything that we can do to improve that process for patients and to to make it better and improve outcomes and improve the actual journey and the, you know, the process itself is just, it's really important to me um, personally. So I just, I just feel really drawn to this concept and it's a solvable concept with our skill sets. So we thought let's go ahead and, and do it. What, so Right now, it's not available in, in IVF clinics, right? They're, they're doing, we were talking about that. They're running clinical trials in a, a clinic that was mentioned. Um, so, I mean, what, what's, what's the timeline on it? Yeah. So we're, the process we're at, at the moment, so we finished that clinical study in Australia the, um, at the end of last year. The important thing for this type of technology is to make sure that it's robust and that it works in different environments. Um, clinics all have different clinical environments. They have different ways of culturing embryos. They have different embryologists and they're in different countries. Um, so there's different de demographic characteristics. So what we're in the process of doing now is engaging clinics to gather a large and diverse data set of embryo images to underpin the final model that we'll take to market. That's really critically important to make sure that our software is robust and scalable and works in every situation. Um, so we're currently working with a set of US clinics in, um, in California and Austin, Texas. Um, and we've got another clinic in Malaysia that we're starting to work with. And we've got others interested in a whole range of countries like um, the UK, China, um, Canada. So we're, we're working through that process now and that will likely take us a couple of months. But we anticipate that this will be out to the first set of markets at the end of this year. Wow. So it's actually an incredibly quick time frame. We have the software product essentially built. It's more about testing and ensuring that the, the um, algorithms are robust mm -hmm. and can work in different environments. You must be That's so excited. Fun. You must be so <laughs> yeah. excited. I'm We're excited. Thrilled. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, well, I mean, obviously so many, so many couples are dealing with fertility challenges these days. Um, a, a large percent will go the IVF route for one reason or another. And to be able to increase the success of it, because I mean, it's, it's physically, emotionally, and financially taxing mm. for you to be able to and I mean, anything to sway the, you know, the needle towards your benefit. That's, Correct. it's amazing. And I think um, there's, I think there's a few reasons why. So firstly, infertility is increasing globally. Um, mm -hmm. That's a fact. Um, there's a number of reasons for that, including, you know, women having children later in life. Sure. Um, you know, there's, there's some issues in countries like China where they've had the one-child policy and they've got an extremely ageing population that are now trying to have a second child now that that policy has been relieved. But I think the other thing is that, you know, in, in countries like America and Australia, um, you know, developed, very well-developed countries, there's other techniques like genetic screening that can be used. Mm -hmm. um, but 
those techniques are not available worldwide um, and mm. they're quite invasive and they cost patients a lot of money. Um, they require removing part of an, a developing embryo. And I think if, if you can kind of come in with a solution that's completely non-invasive, that's scalable, it's very easy for the clinic to provide to patients, it's very low cost, um, we actually believe that that will increase the demand for IVF generally um, because, you know, one of the reasons or two of the reasons that people don't do IVF currently mm. and why there's, a, you know, why there's not more infertile people undergoing IVF is because of those low success rates and high cost. It's, right. it's really unattainable for a lot of people and I think that's really sad because it is a life decision and it's something that can impact you know, you and your family's life forever if you if you either can't have children or you can't afford to go through the process. So I think that's kind of our core goal is to change that for patients. I know this is probably a, a difficult question to answer, but what do you think that the numbers will look like if they're able to screen the embryo using the software? Uh, you were saying whatever is 20-something percent is the average success rate right now um i mean do you do you know it's it's hard to say because what we're not doing is we're not improving embryo quality we're mm. helping select the best embryos so obviously for any given patient if they don't have high quality embryos then we can't manufacture a good pregnancy outcome right. but what we're trying to do is prevent you know, the selection of an embryo that's not likely to succeed and having the patients go through that process, that costly and timely process, and then have it not succeed at the end and have them try one, two, three, four times um, to get to that outcome. We're trying to kind of reduce that that time frame um, and also give them realistic expectations around the likelihood of success. Because I know with me, you know, and I know a lot of people who have gone through the full IVF process. Mm. And I think part of the issue there is everyone goes into it thinking, oh, well, okay, it didn't happen naturally, but now I'm going through IVF and that surely will, you know, right. give a positive outcome. And it's just so often not the case. And I think that expectation is just really terrible for patients, mm -hmm. um, especially when it, when it doesn't turn out and they kind of come to that realisation that they may never be able to have children. That's a terrible, terrible thing to kind of arrive at. So if we can give them more information about that and, and tell them, look, you know, you've got two embryos, both of them have a low chance of success, maybe we decide to put both of them in or one of them has a fantastic chance of success. Let's put that one in, let's screen the other one or let's freeze the other one. It's just, it's providing really critical information that can help guide the clinician and their treatment um, of you during that, during that IVF process. Oh, okay. I mean, that, I, I wasn't even like thinking of it in, in that way because I mean, that's a hard decision, right? A lot of people, they'll, they, they implant multiple and sometimes people have triplets. Mm. Uh, I mean, you know, whatever they can, it could be successful, but, but maybe, I mean, that's an important piece of information. Mm. Um, I wasn't thinking of it in that regard uh, that you could make those decisions at that point. Oh, this is a very viable embryo. Let's implant just this one and, yeah, and see correct. what happens. Right. Um, yeah. Cause I, I was thinking, gosh, I would be, um, I mean, and some people who really want a child, they're like, I would love to have 
twins and triplets and for other people are like that would be a lot to you know i mean i'd be willing to take that risk but that would be a lot on my family to take care of multiple children babies at once um oh my gosh and i, I, and I think glo- i mean globally there's a, yeah. there's a trend towards single embryo transfer because it's actually you know despite the fact that a lot of people get healthy you know, twins or triplets out right. of a out of a multiple birth. Um, there are a lot of health complications that come mm. from multiple births, so it's certainly not ideal from a from a medical or health perspective. Right. Um, and you know, you get a lot of countries like China um, and India who are quite um, underdeveloped in terms of their technology for mm. IVF. And and they're not doing single embryo transfers. And I think the government is trying to shift them towards that because, you know, if, if, if you could say up front, you've got four embryos, two of them have a very high chance of success. Let's put one of those in. Let's freeze the other one. Um, if you want a second child, let's pull that other one out and, um, you know, and go for it again. It's, it's just, it just gives you that extra layer of information that you wouldn't have otherwise had. You're kind of flying blind otherwise and right. you know, really trial and error. And it's not the sort of process that you really want to do by trial and error because it's, it is so traumatic for the patients going through it. Um, you know, so yeah, it's very important to have that additional information. Well, I can't wait. I mean, I, I'm, I'm really excited. I think it's amazing. And just you and your husband are just total brainiacs for like thinking of this and having this background. And um, I, I mean, I would think that any IVF clinic, why wouldn't they want to implement this? Mm. You know, I mean, for their own selfish reasons, but obviously for their clients for, for clinical outcomes. I mean, this is really what the IVF industry sort of needs at this point, you know, it's, um, yeah. We've had a, we've had a hugely positive response from um, most of the clinics that we've spoken to in different kind of global locations. Uh, I think IVF clinicians are genuinely, you know, they genuinely want positive outcomes for their patients. Um, and I think they're really driven towards that. And I think they're kind of getting more accepting of technology to help them do that because they realise that there are limitations. You know, an embryologist's role is far broader than just selecting that embryo, but it's a really critical piece of information mm-hmm. that kind of drives the success of the whole process. Right. So I think um, for, for embryologists, it's just it's critically important for them to you know, to be able to front up to patients and for the treating doctor to be able to front up to patients and and say, you know what, we're using the most advanced technology available to us to help us make the best decisions for you during this process. And, um, you know, and hopefully over time, it will prove that there is a significant, um, you know, success rate increase on on the basis of using this type of technology because it's um, it's has the ability to fundamentally disrupt the whole fertility sector. I I truly believe that. I think, um, you know, there's far more things that we can also do beyond this one um, part of the process. But I think this is just a really critical point um, in the process. If we can improve it, um, it will will definitely improve outcomes. Where where can um, we find out more about Life Whisperer? 
Yeah, so we have a um, we have a website. It's www.lifewhisperer.co. Um, so you can head to our website. Um, you know, you can also feel free to email us directly at info at lifewhisperer.co and we can provide you info or we're happy to, you know, happy to receive emails with, with requests or questions. Um, also happy for, you know, obviously for us at the moment is about getting visibility at clinics and, and getting clinics on board with the whole process. So if you're going through IVF, talk to your clinics about about us if they haven't already heard and and have them contact us so that we can give them information about about this new kind of technology that's coming on on board um, that they should be considering for their patients okay thank you so much no I'm, thank you so I'm, much I'm really excited thank you for the work that you do it's amazing thank you Charlene thanks for the opportunity I've really yeah, enjoyed it you're welcome. All right. And, and I'll, um, I'll um, contact you in a couple of weeks when this episode goes live. Perfect. All right. Perfect. Thank you. Sounds good. Thank you All so right. much. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Fertility Hour. For being one of our loyal listeners, we would like to give you free access to a special report called Restore Your Fertility Naturally. Inside, you'll learn about an eight-step all-natural process that's helped hundreds of couples conceive. This is one of our most popular reports, and you can get free access by going to fertilityhour.com forward slash report. Again, that's fertilityhour.com forward slash report. Go there now, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Fertility Hour.